On today's show, Dylan Brooks clamping up Luka Doncic and helping elevate Canada to a 189 win against Slovenia in FIBA World Cup action. But Dylan Brooks also did get ejected from the game. The good and the bad of Dylan Brooks. What professionals are saying about Dylan Brooks' defense in this game and how he impacts winning. Also, Cam Whitmore with a brief Q&A ahead of his first NBA season. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Joining us now is your weekly co-host, Frank, from the Rockets Chop Shop. You can track down on Twitter or X or whatever it is, at Tank 58 Also, be sure to go subscribe to the HTX Chop Shop on Twitter, on YouTube, everywhere, putting out fantastic Rockets content. Frank, we are ramping things back up. The NBA season is right around the corner. We've got Rockets Media Day in less than a month. These are exciting times to be a Rockets fan, exciting yeah. times to talk about and cover this team, man. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's this has to feel like the longest offseason ever Um, because all the excitement building up. You start thinking about the different storylines coming into this year. Um, I cannot wait. I can't wait. This it might be the most exciting season. I don't know why. I know people are going to be like that's blasphemous, but we've never been as bad as we were for as long as we were to come out of it with all this hope going forward. Really looking forward to it. So, yeah, yeah and, I'm with you. And one of the biggest storylines going into the season is, of course, Dylan Brooks, who we're following uh, pretty closely here as he's competing for Team Canada through FIBA World Cup action. And in Canada's most recent game, they went up against Slovenia, Luka Doncic, and to- toppled him 100 to 89. Um, an impressive win for Canada. They've been stringing together some really impressive victories here. And the Dylan Brooks versus Luka Doncic matchup was so exciting for Rockets fans to just kind of get a glimpse of this guy who is supposed to be the Rockets' new defensive ace, defensive stopper, and to see him go toe-to-toe with Luka Doncic and slow him down. He held him to just one of four shooting in the first half of this game, and there was even a, a clip that went viral of... Dylan on the sideline, like explaining to his teammates how to guard Luca and how to, you know, where to be, how to contort your body, how to position yourself to best make life difficult for Luca. And it's moments like that where you start to see these little glimpses. And we've seen these glimpses through FIBA World Cup action of the best version, I think, of Dylan Brooks, the version that a lot of Rockets fans are hoping that we get here in Houston. Because if the Rockets can get this version of Dylan Brooks, I think the sky's the limit for this team because he is one of those elements that could go really, really well or really, really poorly, depending on how things play out. 
That is exactly, it's going to be either a really like impressive signing that turns out to be the genius move that Rafael Stowe made, or it's going to end really nasty, right? Because he's locked in with us for the next four years. Um, but to your point, you know, if you guys remember back a few years when Dylan was a just a kind of an unknown player in the NBA, he used to give number 13 a lot of headaches when we played them. Like he really bothered James Harden like that. I used to hate watching him guard James because he would every time there's, a, you know, Drew Holiday, Dort and Dylan Brooks were are guys that always gave James Harden fits. And the same thing for Luca. It's really the body type when it comes to guarding players like James, because James and Luca are similar. Obviously, you guys know they do play like step backs, the herky jerky moves. When you are guarding those type of players, they're not going to blow you blow by you with speed. They use a lot of their strength and power to kind of manipulate the defenders. Dylan is a big dude and he can move his feet. And those type of players are great for guarding just bigger wings and guards. So for him, making Luca have a tough night after all the years experience of guarding Harden and getting some looks at Luca, I wasn't surprised. Um, I think he's always going to be a good matchup for those bigger guards. Um, it's, you know, like you said, with him, it's going to be, it's the gift and, and the curse because he also got thrown out with Luca um, uh, from from the game. With him, you gotta be able to kind of find the the line where you accept all the things that make him great. Because a lot of times with players like him, the Pat Beverly's, the Russell Westbrooks, you don't want to limit that irrational confidence that they have that makes them think that they're better than LeBron because that's how they got to the NBA. But at the same time, can, will it hurt the team in key moments? And for that's the battle you always have to have with that guy is that can you get to a point, can Coach Yudoka tap into a point where you can get all the good but and mitigate the bad that it doesn't impact your team? And if he can thread that needle, then he's definitely going to be a huge positive. But even aside from the on-court stuff, what you were pointing out in the in the sideline where they were um, he was showing his team how to defend, that's really the value that he brings to the Rockets is that kind of veteran awareness, savviness, that locker room presence, that culture setter, intensity, all those intangibles that we desperately need on the Rockets right now. Dylan brings that. And that's really what I'm excited to see because that stuff rubs off on some of the younger players. And when you start getting Tari and Bari and all these guys buying into that, then you're building something special in Houston. No, absolutely. And I, I, there was just not only that, he he had the successful defensive outing against Luca over the course of the entire game. Luca shot just eight for 20. So 40 percent from the floor. Um, you know, it, you hold a superstar player to under 50 percent shooting from the floor. I feel like you have to be pretty happy about that level yeah. of production. Um, he had a few turnovers as well. There were even some on the opposite end of the floor. The other really encouraging thing about Dylan Brooks and through his play with Team Canada has been him just kind of operating within that role, right? Like staying in his lane, not doing too much, not trying to be a hero, not trying to go out there and jack up a bunch of shots. He had seven shot attempts in this game. He was five of seven, three of five from long distance. That's exactly the type of shot profile and the kind of like offensive dynamic that you'd love to see out of Dylan Brooks where he's not commanding extra possessions, where he's not taking bad shots, where he's just content to be the defensive ace, the stopper. He's gonna take the toughest assignment, and then offensively, he's just going to take whatever comes to him. Yeah, and that's, that's once again, in context of, you know, Team Canada, he's playing with uh, first team all the NBA guard. He's playing with a lot of vets. So does that make it easier for him to take a backseat? And on the Rockets, on the flip side, you're coming into a team where Jalen Green is a third-year player that's unproven relatively in the league. You have uh, Jabari Smith Jr., who was 
some say one of the worst players in the NBA last year, uh, coming in as a starter, Alperen Shangul, an unproven player. Um, you know, luckily we do have Fred Van Vliet there. So to kind of offset some of that, will he be able to say that I can be this glue guy, this kind of peripheral role player that my job is to just make the other team's best score or have a hellish night. And I'm satisfied with that with our guys. So there's a lot for Coach Udoka here to, and the coaching staff and the vets on the team to be able to kind of work with them on. If we get this version of Dylan where he's only taking three three-pointers a game like he's doing uh, throughout the the FIBA tournament so far, and he's shooting, I mean, the, the splits are kind of crazy. I think he's like over 50. He's 50, 50, 70. That, that got to be a first. Um, so if he can, if you can get that efficiency, that level of control as far as shot selection, that ability to be able to focus on what your task is as a role player and not play over yourself, then it's it's going to be a slam dunk. But it's a lot of big ifs. And then this is what is going to be the question for us. One of the exciting things about training camp is how does he and all the other, you know, 12 or 11 players that we've, you know, we have in new positions, new acquisitions, how do they fit into the big picture of what the Rockets are going to look like this coming year? Um, I'm excited to see. I hope and I, I actually feel like he's acting a little bit more mature. I don't know. I think the experience in Memphis probably changed his perspective on things and maybe he's at a different state than he is now. He doesn't have to play for his career. It's not a contract year. You're good for four years, bro. So you can actually just buy into it. So I'm hoping all of that helps him. Uh, choose kind of the the better of the two evils that he can go he can go towards as a player. Coming up, we're gonna figure out or not figure out. We're gonna hear how other pros talk about Dylan Brooks and his impact on the game. Jordy Fernandez, the coach for Team Canada, and then Luka Doncic himself talking about what it's like going against Dylan Brooks. We're gonna get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You've got to check out Bird Dogs if you haven't yet. They are the best shorts you will ever own. Look, I didn't used to be a shorts guy. I'd always wear pants, jeans, khakis, sweatpants, whatever. Something hip to ankle until I got my hands on bird dogs. They are so versatile. You can wear them for pretty much any occasion, right? You can wear them if you go out on a date, surprisingly, right? They're date, they're date apparel. You can wear them on a date. You can wear them for a beach day or a pool day. You can swim in them. Wear them while you're hanging out with friends. Wear them while you're just bumming around the apartment. The most versatile shorts you will ever own. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Honestly, you're going to look great in them. You're going to feel great wearing them. You've got to check them out. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with every single purchase that you make. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, it's one thing, right, Frank, for us, you know, media fans to discuss what Dylan Brooks brings to the table, you know, the kind of polarizing nature of his game. But then it's another thing to hear how professionals actually talk about what Dylan Brooks brings to the table. So let's hear from Jordy Fernandez, a coach for Team Canada, and his thoughts on Dylan Brooks' performance in this game against Slovenia. Number one thing, well, thanks. Um, number two is he has to be better. Uh, we need him on the court. He cannot get disqualified. Uh, we have to have better composure as a team. After that, I think he's the best defender with Lou Dort, the best perimeter defender in this competition. So I think today 
It was a defensive clinic of leading with his chest, showing his hands, uh, pressuring full court. Um, and if you don't think that way, then you don't like basketball. All right, some pretty strong words there from head coach Jordy Fernandez talking about if you don't think that way, you don't <laughs> like basketball. I feel like this is a guy who has maybe seen some of the negative commentary towards Dylan Brooks or just no, like, like, can you just imagine like him and just Dylan just sitting there like having a cup of coffee and Dylan's just like, man, these people just constantly are talking smack about me saying something like, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's just Jordy is going out to protect his guy or what, but I, I love the intensity behind that quote of, hey, if you don't think this is a guy who is contributing to winning basketball, then you just don't like basketball. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, I love that quote. I'm forget, I'm trying to remember who who the commentator he, he's jacking for that. But uh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. But uh, definitely, um, like I was saying earlier about the way that guys like him play defense, you could see the coach mentioned Lou Dort there. The bigger body defenders that are able to move their feet are really a pest for guys like um, Luca and all these other guards that use their size as their advantage against smaller players. Um, and he did mention composure and not getting kicked out the game. So he's a double-edged sword. And I was, you know, we had a live stream on the Chop Shop discussing this with, uh, about Dylan. Something that I, I've, if you look, think through NBA history and some of the players that fit the kind of the troubled player, the Dennis Rodmans and the, uh, you know, the the Metal World pieces and 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 all the, all those type of players. When they are at their best is when they are offset by a, a star player, meaning that there is somebody on the team that is just so great that it they are able to fit into the role and they do it comfortably because they're playing um, playing under this this just this big figure that's on the team and, and alpha um, right somebody that they kind of have to and alpha, exactly to. yeah yes ex even Kyrie LeBron you know you can. Uh, uh, um, uh, dream and uh, what's uh, oh man, what's what's our, our guy's name? Vernon Maxwell. Um, Vernon, Mad Max. You need that's one of my concerns early on. Like who is we know Coach Udoka has a great personality. He's he has a large personality, but that coaching only goes so much off the court. On the court, there has to be somebody that's at a level like a John Morant like a SGA that's able to help him feel comfortable sliding into the role. Can Fred do that? Maybe it's a combination of Fred and coach Udoka and the coaching staff and Jeff Green and some of the vets there that are able to encourage him to keep doing what he needs to do. Because like I said, if you could tap into good Dylan Brooks, one of the best wing defenders in the league, like right now, you go to Synergy, all his ratings on the perimeter, excellent, excellent, very good. So it's a big pickup for the Rockets. Um, the, the question is going to be, how can you unlock the full potential of Dylan Brooks? Um, and that's really going to be, and I think also Jalen's development as kind of being groomed to be the star player for the Rockets and him reaching his peak can also help that along because it also sets some hierarchy and structure to the team. Um, it's, it's very important. Structure is very important. You can see what the FIBA team with Team USA. I personally believe that FIBA, the FIBA team struggles because they don't have an alpha. It's a bunch of good players. But when it, the going gets rough, who do you give the ball to? I think Anthony Edwards is too young. So it's just it's just important to have that structure on the team. We hope for the Rockets that the vets that they've added, the coaching staff being so elite, and then the emergence of our young players is able to kind of make Dylan feel comfortable in the role that we want him to play.
No, and I, you're, you're absolutely right. And you even look at the dynamics for Team Canada, right? They have an alpha in SGA. SGA yep. is their alpha. He's their go-to guy. And so Dylan is comfortable slotting into, which it, it's it's not even it's not even a hot take to say that Dylan Brooks has been the second best player for Team Canada through this yep. FIBA World Cup action. It's been SGA has been their best player. Dylan Brooks has been their number two guy because he's been that consistently yep. good for that team. Because again, I think there's less there's less pressure on Dylan to have to do to have to step outside of you know, his niche role to do more than what he's caught. Well, I don't want to say do more than what he's comfortable with because he's very comfortable, clearly stepping out of that box <laughs> and doing more, yeah. but it's not necessarily conducive to team winning, you know, winning basketball when he does do more stuff. So at least the way team Canada is functioning right now, they have their alpha and you bring up a great question, right? Is this next season? Who is that alpha for the Rockets? Maybe it is some just like melting pot conglomeration of, Udoka and Van Vliet and like maybe Jalen takes the step forward or Jabari takes a step forward and through some kind of like, you know, amalgamation of all those guys, Dylan feels comfortable enough to just stay in his role and not overexert himself and do too much uh, and kind of get into those bad Dylan kind of moments. But uh, I also wanted to share, we also have Luka Doncic who also uh, talked about what it was like going up against Dylan Brooks. And I wanted to share what he had to say uh, as well. But this is, I don't think it's fair. Um, you have been playing very physical with me, uh, but if you say that, you know, it's not fair. But on the other side, I think Dylan played great. Um, he was very physical, like he always does. Uh, a lot of people don't like him, but I respect him for what he does, and he does that stuff really good. Thank you. So Luca goes, you know, obviously he says he respects Dylan Brooks for what he does because, and he talks about the physicality, right? That is a big part. That was one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Frank, is Dylan is that rare blend of he's got the speed and the quickness to deal with guards like Luca, but then also the physicality, right? It's that rare blend of the Dylan Brooks, the Lou Dortz, the Drew Holidays, the guys who have the strength and the speed and agility to be a nightmare on the defensive end. And then it's also that mentality aspect, which I think if you're looking at those three guys specifically, I know Drew Holiday is a champion. I'm not going to take anything away from Drew Holiday. He's fantastic. But Dylan has that little bit of like unhinged persona, right? Where I feel like you need a little bit of that crazy in your bag to really think that you can go head to head with Luca or head to head with LeBron and that you're going to get the better of them. Because as we, as was evidenced this past playoff run, Luca went head to head with LeBron and he poked the bear and LeBron went and dropped what 40 on him. So sometimes it doesn't work out in your favor, but to have that mentality, to have almost like the mentality of a goldfish and just go in to each matchup fresh. And it doesn't matter what they did. You know, it doesn't matter if they hung 40 on you last time, you're still going to go out there and give it your all. That's a special type of that's in and of itself. That's a talent. That's a skill that not yeah. many players have. Irrational confidence, bro. That's, there you go. <laughs> that's the reason Pat Beverly is still in the NBA to this day. Not that he's not good, you know, straight as Pat Beverly, but the fact that he believes that he can do, and to an extent, even guys like Russell Westbrook, the thing is with those players, it'll get them to a certain peak, but then where they suffer is where they start, the, that talent and that aggression starts harming the, the team that they're on. And that's really always the thing is, can you go too far with those type of players? I think for Dylan, it's going to be checking that. And, and I've seen him actually contribute to winning for the Memphis Grizzlies. I know he had a bad playoff run. I mean, you know, people have been, we've been killing him. 
for it, but he's been there for a couple of years and he is part of the reason that they got to the level that they're in fact, I think he's one of the most important pieces that they had and they will sorely miss him in Memphis. Like a guy that you could throw on the best score from every team any given night and he's going to go out there. He's pressing full court. That's his signature. Dylan picks up full court. He's going to pick you up full court. He's going to face guard you. He's got you. You've seen the clips of him on James Harden with his just leaning on him. He's like lean, putting his shoulder into him, all that little stuff that even though it looks silly at the end of the day, those players hate that because he's a try hard, but it's, it's, it's a good way. Like, so I'm you're, excited. You're, you're, about not gonna, you're not going to stop yeah. a star player, right? Like star players are going to probably right. get theirs. But what you want to do is you want to make their life as difficult as possible. You want the KDs and the James Hardens and the Lucas and the LeBrons. You want them exhausted, ready to collapse Work. by the end of the game because they've been working so hard for every single bucket, for every free throw, for every uh, for every drive, for every assist that they earn. You don't want to give them anything for free. You don't want to give them anything yep. easy. And Dylan is absolutely the type of defender that will make whoever his assignment is. They are going to have to work tooth and nail for every little thing that they're going to get. And they might still get the better of him, but they're absolutely yep. going to have to work and earn it. So, and the only person that does not work on is LeBron James because he's seen it, seen it all. That does play out of many players have tried it on. So that was that, you know, that was he kind of overstepped himself there. LeBron does not fall for the mental games, but that stuff that he does, unless, that, it's, that unless kind of, it's Kawhi Leonard, because then then you'll get the LeBron unless, from oh, yeah, yeah, Miami with the, uh, like <laughs> or uh, or JJ Beret. Uh, but yes. <laughs> But but for for the um you know for Dylan that's the I don't even think it's it's like it's just coincidence. I know he watches film. I've heard him talk about defense before. He is very intentional about what he does. He's a student of the game. He knows players' tendencies. He studies film. So all these things are things that I want to like our guys, our young fellas, to be able to see what it takes to be at that level uh, from a player that. You know, I, I just I really do love the character of the guys we brought in. You look at Fred, he's undrafted guy, made a name for himself through hard work. Dylan, a guy that was not highly drawn. Was he he was a I think he was a first round pick, but he was not somebody that anybody expected anything out of. Made a name for himself. Uh Jeff Green, you know, he was a, a highly touted player coming out, but became a journeyman, made a name as a great vet. So we're getting all these kind of different characters into our locker room. And I just feel like, like you were saying, if they could all just have this synergy together where it all kind of clicks, then I really think the Rockets have something special brewing um, because you do need a couple of Dylan Brooks on your team, especially when you're trying to turn around where we were coming from last year to where we are now. Also, the quote that you were talking about earlier, uh, I believe it's from uh, Grant Napier. Uh, if you don't like that, yes. you don't like NBA basketball. There we go. That's I had to look that He's up for the, you. The Kings guy. Yeah, we yeah, could, we, yeah, the guy. Yeah, couldn't couldn't make it through the segment without that answer. But <laughs> coming up, we, we got our final segment here. Uh, quick Q and A uh, from Cam Whitmore with the Athletics. Kelly Ecos will highlight a couple parts from that Q and A. We're gonna get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets. Now, I do want your thoughts in the YouTube comment section about Dylan Brooks' play through uh, this point in the FIBA World Cup tournament for Team Canada. How do you think it'll kind of translate to his role here on the Houston Rockets? Let us know in the YouTube comments. But, Frank, we've got this... Uh, Q&A from the Athletics Kelly Eco that he did with Cam Whitmore. Uh, not a like crazy extensive Q&A, but I thought there were a couple good nuggets in here that we wanted to highlight. I'll put a link to the article in the episode description. 
Um, I have a couple things that stood out to me from what Cam said, a couple of his responses. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? No, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, first thing that I saw, uh, the, the one of the questions that, that Kelly asked, he said, the skill level is some some ways away from what you'll see in the NBA, but where there's still elements of the games that you can take with you in training camp that will translate, talking about his, his summer league experience. And Cam's response was, me looking forward to pushing my playmaking ability to a max level and having that down pad. But other than that, just perfecting everything else with my craft, that's pretty much it. I love that answer from Cam that he highlighted his playmaking yeah. as one of the things that he wanted to focus on, that he wants to work on, um, kind of understanding like Cam is a guy who projects to just be like a bucket getter, right? He's a guy that can put the ball on the floor yeah. and get to his spot and he can elevate. He can, you know, we saw him in summer league. We saw him step back into threes. We saw him sidestep defenders and pull up. Saw him drive in and pull up at the elbow, things like that. But there were also some moments where you saw some tunnel vision out of him, right? Some of the same yeah. thing that we saw to Tari Eason during his rookie year, right? Where Tari would just have kind of the blinders on and just be focused on trying to score. So hearing that Cam is open to the idea of developing his playmaking and whatnot, that could be the thing that further down the line gets him maybe out of that, like that wing role and maybe more into a, a true guard role. Because I think to this point in his career, Cam has been classified as a guard for the most part. Um, but at the NBA level, based on his skill set and kind of where he's at as a player, I think he's probably just going to be a wing for the for, for the foreseeable future, unless he can round out that uh, that playmaking skill set a little bit. But it's encouraging to hear that he wants to do that because those are the areas where playmaking, defense, whatever, those are the areas where players can start to make an impact and really elevate the whole team yep. instead of just themselves. So I, I love that answer from him. And it's a great answer, and it's you know him being as young as he is. It's great to hear that. I think you're, you're exactly, you pointed out what you just said. If you're going to be a scorer, um, and I'm going to keep saying this, scoring in the NBA is, as far as in a construct of winning a championship or building a contender, is probably one of the most meaningless skills to have in a vacuum by itself. Because most of the scorers are going to be your six men. You need to spark off the bench to get some points. You can score. If you want to stay on the court, you want to get some playing time and let a coach trust you. If you're going to be an offensive powerhouse, you got to be able to leverage your scoring to be able to open up shots for your teammates, which is playmaking. Or number two, you got to be a clamp on defense where you're a two-way guy. And for him, he has to get better at either either one of those, like pick one. Ideally, we'd like both, then he'd be a megastar. Um, but it's crazy because he got for, the tools to do both, right? Like you look at his he body, has all the physical tools. He's got he's all got the the, he's tools. got the NBA ready body right now to be an impact defender day one, which is crazy. And then when you were like back look, I remember doing like his pre-draft profile, looking at like his college tape, and it was crazy the number of times that he would like completely collapse a defense, draw like two or even three defenders, and it's like yeah, man, if you just shooting. make that pass, <laughs> if you just make that kick out to the open three point shooter, or you see the dump off pass to your big man or something, like he could have been racking up assists left and right. So he has the physic, he has the the gifts to yeah. do it. It's just about taking that next step and identifying and understanding how to do it. Seeing the game and Jalen had the same issue coming in um, as in his rookie year. He got better last year. I hope he takes a huge leap in that because this all what I just said applies to Jalen Green as well. When you have that ability to get a paint touch that easily and you put that much pressure on the defense, it is it'll be a, a shame if you cannot leverage that into uh, generating offense uh, for your teammates. And so for Cam. Uh, and I'm just going to jump to what stuck out for me from his, uh, the, 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 you know, the interview is a question when um, Kelly asked him, what, what's been the focus for you as you prepare for training cap in the pre and the preseason? 
He said, I'd say the focus for me has been trying to learn my role. Whatever the coaching staff wants me to do, I'll do it. If they mention something to me, I'll make sure it's, it's taken care of. I'm all ears in training camp. Because of his lack of overall game and his, his youth, where does Cam fit on this team with so many dynamic players coming into year one? Uh, because we don't need him to score. We got enough scorers. Like we don't, you're not that great of a scorer in the NBA level where you just have to be on the court. So for him, he's going to have to hone his other non-scoring skills in order to be able to see significant playing time if he does get playing time at the NBA level this first year. And I think if he can do that and build up the other parts of his game, rebounding, uh, being able to run in transition, being able to pick, you know, good shot selection, playing good defense, then as he grows naturally, he's going to see the game better and that scoring then becomes something. So it's all on him. He has, like you said, all the physical tools are there. He just needs to keep growing. And he's so young that you really can't put anything on him right now because, um, you know, he's like 19. So we just want him to continue to grow. I think it'll be great for the coaching staff to kind of slow play him into grooming him into what they want him to be. But it's not going to happen in year one, in my opinion. No, probably. He's just he's so raw. He's so young. Just turned 19. Like he's going to take a little he's going to take a minute. But the the good thing is the Rockets don't aren't being put in a position or he, sorry, Cam's not being put in a position where he has to contribute right away. Right. He's they've got right. time, you know, to kind of slow play. They've got some runway to just let him develop and get to a place where they can mold him in, into exactly the type of player into whatever role they need for this team, which is, you know, really beneficial. Not a lot of teams get that right. Sometimes you get drafted. And you're this top prospect, and you're just thrown into the fight, thrown into the deep end, right? The way Jalen was, the way Jabari was, yep, yeah, Jabari. And there's some benefits to doing that, but then there's also some drawbacks to doing that. So I think for Amin Thompson and for Cam Whitmore coming into a system where there's going to be some kind of, uh, I guess, some requirements, right? Some expectations of how they're supposed to play, what their roles yeah. are supposed to be, that kind of thing. It's going to do wonders for these guys. And I do know, you know, one of the things that stood out, uh, you know, just thinking back to my time in Vegas uh, for Summer League, chatting with a couple of the Rockets coaches who were there, is just that Cam is incredibly coachable. It was one of the things that mm -hmm. they said um, repeatedly was that he's just in like he's he's like a sponge just looking to absorb as much as possible that he's that he wants to learn that he is, you know, open to doing whatever he needs to do to earn those minutes. And that's the, that is a incredibly healthy mentality to have when you're a player who is not walking into a situation where you're just going to be gift wrapped minutes or whatever. He knows that he's going to have to fight and earn whatever he gets. And I fully expect him to take that chip that has been on his shoulder for a long time and carry it in, you know, into training camp with him. And maybe he makes training camp a little exciting, right? Maybe he, makes the Rockets coaching staff really think about, hey, are we are we going to give mm -hmm. Jay Sean Tate these minutes or do we want to give Cam Whitmore these minutes if, if he's earning them? So should make for an exciting training camp. Uh, we are only, we're less than a month away. Media day, training camp, yep. it's going to be a ton of fun. Frank, I know you've got a bunch of good stuff cooking up for us over at the Chop Shop. Uh, let everybody know where to track you down at, man. Yeah, man, Rockets for Chop Shop on YouTube, Tank 58 on Twitter. Appreciate you, bro. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.